When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. It is the 400th edition of the John Com Report, and I appreciate all of you who have been sticking with me, who have been listening. Can't thank you enough. If you haven't been listening and you want to subscribe, go to the John Com Report. Find out wherever you get your podcast. You can follow us on YouTube. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. If you want to find us there, go to Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Again, I appreciate you listening. And 400, is, it's a big number. And I've never taken for granted what I get to do for a living. I enjoy talking about football, and I enjoy being able to give that information to you. So let's get to 400 more. But before we do get to any more, let's get through today. And today I'm going to go through day two of training camp and some highlights and a lot of lowlights, especially for the offense. And I'll just say this for the offense. That was very, very sloppy. And I know I said the first practice was sloppy, and I think it was, but there were some things that stood out on both sides of the ball. Today, it was the defense that just kind of dominated and the offense that looked really, really sloppy. And it starts at, listen, it was the, it starts at quarterback. I mean, well, actually, let me take that back. There were all sorts of things that were going wrong because the protection wasn't great. Carson Wentz wasn't great. The receivers not really getting open, especially early on. So. One of the things that I think that's a sign of, there are a couple of things. One of the things that the coaches talked about, Ron Revere talked about, is the defensive backs having much better communication than at this time a year ago. And that does show up with certain, with how you rotate, how you see a coverage, and it leads to better coverages. Is that the only reason they're playing that like that? No, but it is a factor. The other thing that Ron Rivera talked about was how they're not game planning for their own defense. Can that be a factor? Yes. Should it be the only factor? No, because there are times where you're going to have that every every practice. And so sometimes it will look like that, but it doesn't have to be the only reason why it looks like that factor. Sure. But we also saw at times Carson Wentz's inconsistency with his accuracy, something that has shown up in games in the past for him. And there are times where he's under duress and he's got to make a quick throw or um, change the arm slot. Or, you know, in, in other times, guys, maybe you're trying to make a pinpoint throw and it's just not there. So there's still, there's, it's a work in progress. And listen, I think throughout Wentz's career, he's had games and moments like this and, and series like this. So this isn't a huge surprise if he has a rough day. But again, I don't think it was just him. I think that offense was having some trouble with the protection against that defensive front. You can thank Montez Sweat and company for that. So it's always a conundrum. Do you want to see the defense play like that? Or do you want to see the offense always go up and down the field? Because if, if it's one or the other, I think you got a problem with your football team. So we'll see how they come back out tomorrow. But suffice to say, it was not a good day for them at all. One of the pieces of news that came out today, and I'm going to talk about the tight end group and start with Antonio Gandy-Golden. He told Ron Rivera that he was going to retire from football and go back to school, finish his education. It would have been a tough 
task for Gandy going to make this roster. Not impossible because I, I know that he had fans and I know Rivera looked at him as a potential mismatch for defenses because of his size and his speed and the way they could move him around within the offense. But I don't know how he would have made the final roster because you have like, unless Logan Thomas is going to be out for an extended time and they want to put him on there. You have Thomas, you have John Bates. You're definitely going to keep, um, you know, you're going to keep Cole Turner, of course. And then when you watch the other tight ends, it's it, Curtis Hodges, Imani Rogers, those guys flash as well. So I think the other guy that's in trouble is Samus Reyes. So would, would Yandy Golden have made it for sure? Can't say that. I do think they may have kept him around to see how he would have continued his transition from receiver to tight end to see if there's something that's con- that they need to continue trying to develop. But again, I go back to that. And you you heard Donnie Warren when he was on the podcast the other day, like the how much he loved this group, one through five. He didn't bring up Samus Reyes. And I think Reyes still has to work on catching the ball. There are definitely times he's fighting the ball. It's not a natural movement for him. There was one time, and just, these are just routes on air, where he's running a route. You've got basically they want the guys to turn to the outside, you know, sell the outcut, and, and then you're turning right back inside. When you turn like this, they know when they turn the head back, that ball is going to be on him. Well, today he had a couple like that. He just couldn't hang on to. Um, he fights the ball a little bit. And so he's got to get more fluid there. I think he can be in a very effective locker. I think he can help on special teams. But if he's not a guy that you can trust in the pass game, it's going to be hard to put him on the field. And I think that's going to be an issue for him. He's got to get better there because the other tight ends, I look at some of the backups like Curtis Hodges, even in those on-air situations, makes nice athletic grabs, which on those on air with just to get to, you know, just against air passes, you don't want to see them have to reach up too high and all that, but that is the case right now. And he can make those grabs. So I think that's something to watch as well. I, I brought up a couple of guys who had big days on defense. Montez Sweat was one. I think Jeremy Reeves had made a couple of nice plays. I think Cam Curl continues to have a good camp. Benjamin St. Juice continues to have a good camp, but a guy who really stood out is a guy that I've always liked because I think he's a very smart player, and that's Kendall Fuller. Made several plays, several plays that I thought were just indicative of a guy who just knows the game, knows how to play zone coverage very well, and makes plays. He had one today. Um, he had one, not not a huge, huge, um, not a deep ball. It was something, it was a, a intermediate hitch to Gami Brown. And I think on this play, listen, I told you the offense was having a tough day. And I think if you're Carson Wentz, you're trying to see, can I trust you? You're throwing the guy, see how does he make this catch in contested in a contested situation? Now, I don't think he's naturally just sitting there thinking that, so oh, I'm just going to throw it because of this. But I think it's something where you see how a guy handles the situation. So he threw it to Brown like that. And Fuller was on his inside shoulder, breaks in with tight coverage, reads the ball well, which he's always done. Pops the ball, Cole Holcomb comes over and makes a diving catch. So that's one. Um, another time they played a look that looked like man, and then he drops into a zone, um, has forces the ball, forces Brown to the sidelines, and forces Wentz to make a wide throw out of bounds. Just another good job. And on that one, you heard you heard defensive backs coach Chris Harris come yelling up, "We're on that shit." So. You know, that that was a big time. It was another good play by Fuller. So I think, again, he had a good day, but I think that's why they do a good job in zone because that's what he is. And I know that William Jackson is better as a man corner, 
but Fuller is much better as a zone corner. Speaking of Jackson, I think he's shown a couple of nice things in the first couple of days of camp. Um, working again, he had one, there was one play that he made against Cam Sims today. So they're in man coverage, it's press man. And Carson Wentz gives a hard count. He draws, he basically, you know that it's gonna, he's gonna stay in man because he starts, because Jackson starts to drop off of Sims. Wentz looks over, sees it. Well, Jackson resets, and you know right away he's going to Sims. So ball gets snapped, throws down the field to Sims. Jackson is stride for stride with them, rakes up the ball. Just a nice defensive play by him. Not that everything was terrible for the offense because you saw some things that guys can do. There was one time, and this is a minor play, but it's also indicative, again, of a veteran. So it's J.D. McKissick. So there's a zone coverage, and you have um, Jamin Davis was on the inside, corner on the outside, um, or another, I think, defense, uh, safety, excuse me, cover, and covering the outside. And there's zone, so Jamin rides with the guy to the inside and then cuts back inside because he sees, he sees J.D. McKissick start to come across from that side. Well, J.D. sees what Davis is doing and immediately sits in the soft spot in the zone. They get the ball to him. I think, you know, and I didn't ask me afterwards if he did that on purpose, but you, but it certainly felt like he did because that was the right area to sit a nice play by McKissick. Then there was also a play by Curtis Samuel. Now, last year, we did not see that explosiveness that we, that, that I know, like I watched him at Ohio State. He had it. He had it in Carolina. Did not have it last year because the groin and then the hamstring issues. But today there was one play to get the ball to him underneath. And he was going, he got it was short game, maybe five yard pass, but. He made a, he juked St. Juice and got St. Juice basically to lean one way and he goes back inside, would have gotten about 10, I think it was about 10 more yards or so, but that's the kind of stuff that you can do with Samuel. And also I think with Carson Wentz, I do think that, and we keep talking about the arm strength and the speed and meaning the deep ball. I think that underneath stuff is going to be really good for them because they do have deep speed to threaten. He's got the arm to threaten. But man, you got some quick guys underneath. If you can create gaps for them off of looks, that they can get some good yak. And I think that was an example. And a guy that they need to see have that kind of speed. And that obviously is Samuel. Now, going back to Wentz. And there was one play. Not that everything was bad because I thought he finished with some really nice throws that highlights what he can do. All right. Oh, let me, I'm going to back up one minute because this is one thing that Ron Rivera talked about. So there was one play where Wentz was under duress and kind of flips the ball over to J.D. McKissick. It's in the middle of the field. Those are dangerous throws. Those are throws that he tries to make, and it's going to get him in trouble because it, it always does. And sometimes you get, get away with those, and sometimes you don't. But it was funny because Montez Sweat started barking and chirping at him afterwards. Not literally barking, but just kind of chirping at him afterwards. And one of the things that Rivera said is they like the chirping. They like the chirping. But what they want to get to is to have guys not just chirp, but then go up to someone afterwards and say, hey, this is what I saw in the play and why I reacted this way. And help the teammates out. He said, when, when they start doing that, then they know they're going to have start to have something better than what they have had. So anyways, on this other play, so um, Carson Wentz under duress, throws off his back foot down the left sideline to Jahan Dotson, who is being fairly well covered by St. Juice. But uh, Dotson has about a half a step or so on him he also did a good job of staying between the um, defensive back and the ball. So uh, St. Juice couldn't get to, could, could not get to the ball. 
but the ball was perfectly placed, just kind of caught it over his shoulder, just a nice, a great throw under duress and a really nice catch by Dotson. It's the kind of catches he can make. Good coverage by St. Juice, made him make a perfect throw and perfect catch, but they did that. So then a couple plays later, again, tight coverage. It was with Terry McLaurin, and I think it was actually it was Troy Apke, everybody's favorite, um, came over from the safety, was with um, was with McLaurin running down the right side. Wentz launched it about 60 yards in the air right there. McLaurin dropped it. So you don't see that very often, but you did see it on that play. But it was a nice throw. So Wentz finished with a couple nice throws. But overall for the day, it was not pretty, folks. Um, that's it. That's all I got. So that that's what we have from today. Again, not the best of day for the off, best of days for the offense. Uh, we'll see what they do tomorrow. But but a good showing by the defense. I think there's some things to say, like they are showing better communication. I do think that matters because last year it was an issue, especially early in the season. So there you go. Thanks a lot for tuning in to episode number 400 of the John Com Report. I'll be back on Friday with another update from training camp. Talk to you next time.